Alright, because you could die if you take it alone. I'm here once again in the complex with Daniel. How's it going, Daniel? It's going great. After last week, everything is... Well, not looking up for the world, for sure, but yeah. looking up in terms of songs. I mean, I've been able to distract myself enough that it doesn't feel as scary as it might be. So that's nice. That is the nice. The state of the world, right? Yeah. Uh, but we're not here to talk about being afraid. Ooh, or maybe we are. But we're here to talk about the Deftones. This is a Deftones podcast where we stop, collaborate, and listen. No, that's been the lies. Uh, where we talk about the Deftones. We take a song, we break it down, we try to evaluate it as a piece of art, and just... You know, spend some time with the Deftones. Won't you spend some time with us with the Deftones? I've been listening to the Deftones for most of my life. Daniel has heard roughly the same number of songs as there are space-time dimensions in Bosonic String Theory. This week, we listen to Pink Maggot, my favorite Deftones song. Oh, my God. Out of 2000s. All right, spoiler2000s white pony 2000 what a year i know it's weird to say 2000s i know 2000s. 2000s white pony we obviously already listened to white pony we had a great discussion about the whole album i'm going to try not to talk about this song so much in the context of the album just because we were trying to look at just the song but just the song daniel how was your week with just the song this song is way better than heads up this song is <laughs> this song is way better than head up head up head up head up uh, from last week, which um, I anything is better than head up. No offense. Uh, <laughs> the jarring rap rock was was too much for me. Uh, it's way too long. Uh, even if we can uh, debate how good the the all of the electronic elements at the end and the spaciness of it all, and trying to wrap my head around uh, a sweet sentiment um, while being accosted by Soulfly and uh, Sep- uh, Sepultura, Max Cavalera's um, singing a song about his uh, stepson who passed away. R.I.P. to Dana, uh, with the bombacity of the song itself, like sweet sentiment, bombast, it hurt my brain. So I'm glad that we're not doing any of that. And now we're listening to, we've already listened to uh, White Pony. That's kind of the the reason, the reason why we did this podcast. And you gave me an article that I think that I like glossed over back in the day from Vice where, you know, the whole premise of our White Pony episode was we kind of like, Wanted to do this podcast because Laura Jane Grace had not heard of the Deftones either. And we were just casually talking one day and you showed me this interview and I was like, holy shit, I've never heard of the Deftones either. I know that they're a thing. Then my head exploded and my heart leaked out of my body. Yes. So <laughs> when we, so, uh, you know, clearly we, we talked a lot in that um, episode, episode nine, about the Laura Jane Grace article specifically. And I related a lot of it and my love of Against Me to 
what I'm hearing here. And Big Maggot was definitely one that stood out. You said at the time that this was your your favorite. I'm excited to get it. It's been a while now. Um, it's cool to listen to, um, but I don't really understand it. And like a lot of what came up in the Lord Jane Grace interview, and I wholly agree with, is that if you look at the lyrics and just read them off like a little poem, they might be a little bit, you know, edgy, a bit edgy, you know, 2000. It's an edgy time, uh, but they're not like they're vague. They're so vague right. to the point that they're inc- incredibly personal to where any sort of criticism on any level falls apart because there's nothing to hold on to. And I think this one in particular is is a great song and the music is fantastic, but it has, I don't know what's happening and I don't want it to be a confessional, but I need it to have more specifics. And I think so far that's been the struggle with every song we've had from mine to rats, rats, rats. Like they're all bangers. I mean, those ones in particular, um, Phantom Bride two weeks ago. Yeah. Fucking love it. Even if like it's a little and mealy mouth. You can mouth hear those and, elements even here, right? And like great instrumentation. And I've said it before that the Deftones, if we let the lyrics slide, the music, holy shit, the music carries them so far. Mm-hmm. And there's no problem with that. I love it. And the vagueness, I think, uh, makes them appeal to teenagers. I think that sure. this will continue to appeal to teenagers. But I think you can also have fond feelings for it because it kind of grows with you as you grow and you can sort of see and feel what maybe you felt before. It's like a nice – and Laura Jane Grace is perfect for that too, just bringing her up like I brought up there. Against Me is a band that is still around, just like the Deftones, but there's so much goodwill in those early days of Against Me in the same way that White Pony, I'm sure, for a lot of people. It's like even if they don't listen to them now, I'm sure there's many millions of people that are just like, I loved White Pony. I'm sure there's millions that love reinventing Axl Rose, and it's just like such a seminal moment. Right. You go back and listen to it, and you're like, yeah, I get it. I, I remember where I was. Yeah, we um, we'll definitely talk about the lyrics, and I'll try to yes. break it down as best we can. Um, but I, I watched this lyrical breakdown of this song, and the guy in it was like, for a lot of people, the Deftones is the band they listened to when they were teenagers that they're not embarrassed to listen to today. And I was like, this guy's got my number. I'm buying into everything he's saying. Right That's true. Now. You don't talk about Slipknot. You don't <laughs> yeah, talk about exactly. Chevelle. <laughs> Yeah, oh my God. And I, I mean, know you're a totally words different. guy. It's hard to latch on to stuff like this, but we're going to get through it together. But first, a little bit of context about the song. There's not a ton out there, but obviously um, this was recorded during the White Pony Sessions between August and December of 1999 um, at a combination of Larrabee Studios in West Hollywood and the Plant Recording Studios in Sausalito, both in California. Um, and obviously we have the our five dudes. We've got Chino on vocals and rhythm, mm-hmm. guitar, Steph on lead guitar, Chi Chang on bass. Frank Delgado, credited as turntables, but we know he does a lot more than that. Anything that's not guitars is fucking Frank. This and then, podcast stands for Frank. <laughs> and uh, Abe, as always, on drums. Excellent. So, so all of it. this song is is mired in back-to-school stench and garbage, so it's hard to, to not... It's hard to get information just about this song, but Chino did talk about it, just this song specifically, not in relation to Back to School, one time maybe. Right. Uh, and this is what he had to say about it. The title comes from a cool Keith song. We just thought it was some funny stuff. The song's meant to be triumphant. I'm trying to spring a little confidence. Lots of artists try to make songs about, for the kids who are tormented in school, telling them it's okay to be tormented, but it's not okay. Don't be ridiculed. Become the leader of your surroundings. Confidence is one of the most important things in life. If you're confident, you can do whatever you want. Amen. I mean, not untrue. That's, <laughs> it's, at least you'll go about life in a better way. 
Uh, so the Cool Keith song in question is a song called No Chorus off of the 1999 album First Come, First Serve. Damn, so they literally listened to it at that moment. Yeah, like, oh, pop it was on. talking about like being in a... Uh, it wasn't Chino, but somebody in the band or near the band. I can't remember. Yeah. I've read so many fucking articles trying to get any scrap of information right. on this song. But uh, they were like, yeah, I was in a record store and I heard it. And I was like, oh, shit, those lyrics. And there's some lyrics from the Cool Keith songs in Back to School. Right. Oh. Like uh, something about the backpack, uh, grab my pencil and a pen. Like that's ah, straight. Okay. Took it from Cool Keith. That's dope. So, uh, but this song. That's rap rock at its more <laughs> it's... <laughs> fine. I can't say finest. It, it's never finest. But it's like legitimate melding. Yes. Oh, I love this. I'm like this. a real rapper would do, which and, is take I mean, awesome surroundings and mesh it all together instead of just bragging all the time about nonsense. And obviously, uh, Steph has a really close relationship with Be Real from Cypress Hill. They like, oh, collaborated Cypress before Hill. Black Moon and like they really, Steph just loves to smoke pot and that would be real. And, and, Amen. And, and do the rap rock thing. And that's probably why new metal came into its own. Oh, yeah. Because everyone was just really high. And then the high came down. And you're like, what? Well, Why? obviously, like, Deftones has such a, a huge musical influence. They pull from everything. I mean, they do. Like, they love really the fucking do. Smiths. Like, Chino's out there doing these, um, what's the new genre of that music called? The Chino's? New Order stuff. And, well, yeah, well is, New Wave? Or? New Wave, yeah. yeah. And doing, like, New Wave and then rap and then, like, just everywhere you pull, which I love, which is, like, and they managed to distill that into their own sound, which is distinctly them. But... Uh, unless you listen to last week and then you're like what <laughs> <laughs> and then it's so fly sound <laughs> well I and mean, that's just that's what's crazy is that they could have taken off and been a generic non-band I think if they did another uh, no offense to around the fur maybe I need to listen to the whole album but like it, yeah. I'm really like turned off by all of that and it's all very generic and you know I, I, all bands have to start somewhere and it sounds good for up starting you know album two or whatever but like right. Well, you could have been that, a different band. That's why White Pony is so cool. Because right. it's like, hey, it was we're not that It was a conscious choice to not do that. Right, exactly. And I mean, most people say from around the fur that Be Quiet and Drive Far Away was like, okay. that was their stepping stone into it. But I Well, mean, and at the end of Head Up, head up I mean, yeah, it's I, right there. You know, we, we talked about we're that last week. You're convincing me as we go along, but I just have to like, you know, keep, that's the whole point. Listen to more songs and not like spoil it, yeah. which I never will because I never listened to them before. I would huh. definitely say... If we take like Linus out of the equation, that adre- yeah. adrenaline's a harder hang because every song like, and I hate when people generalize and do this kind of stuff, but every song sounds like the fucking same. I'm like, is this bored? Is this song bored? Is this song bored? Are they all the are like all the song bored? Yeah. I can't I can't tell, <laughs> and I love them, and it's just like I yeah. still am like ah, it's tough. Uh, but back to Cool Keith, uh, this was put out under the first album put under his alias, Doctor Doom with three O's. Three O's. Marvel can't touch this. Nice. Uh, and the lyrics in question go like this with some minor editing from me. You try to work hard and you never pay no dues like Cold Crush and Africa, Africa Bombada. You whack fella trying to act large in the video in Nevada. You fucking pink maggot. I'll take your mic. You can't have it. You fellas be running around with ears open like fucking bunny rabbits. <laughs> Well, so many fellas. Just... So many fellas. When I first started, you try to work harder, you never paid no dues like Cold Crush in Africa, Bambada. You whack nigga trying to act large in the video in Nevada. You fucking pink maggot, I'll take your mic, you can't have it. Your niggas be running around with ears open like fucking bunny rabbits. That's right. Dr. Doom. All you motherfuckers around. Uh, so Cool Keith's actually calling out Nas in these lyrics. Uh, on No Chorus. In Nas's video for the song Street Dreams, he wears a pink suit, which is an homage to Robert De Niro's character in the movie Casino, which is set in Las Vegas, Nevada. You get it? It's not in Nevada. It. You get, get it? it? You get yeah. it? You get it? So that's where the term pink maggot comes from. Do you think that they're friends today? Cool Keith and Nas? Maybe. I mean, do people, are we still beefing now? 
You know, every can time we think I'm about like, beef anymore? It's like everything's so terrible. I think we need I to come think together. That, that can't be real. I remember that World Star is a, yeah, is a website. So a I'm like, oh, I guess it is real. Yeah, they're just as you know braggadocious as any hip hop song. Yeah. So that's I mean, weird. And they've definitely Strange. done that throughout their career. I think you have to like. It's just weird to the, hear from the a worst rock, part about about the Deftones is that macho shit that still gets in there. Yeah. Like as vague as his lyrics can be, there's still like, but I'm a dude. Yeah. <laughs> that, like really sucks out a lot of, a lot of stuff, yeah. a lot of great stuff. But anyway, that's all that I got. Yeah. That's all I got for what's going on with the song. Like contextually, like the creative mind behind it. Again, without going too much into back to school, because that we're going to get that song and we're going to talk about it. But I can't even listen to that song without it being a parody. And it is. I mean, mm-hmm. it's basically Chino saying, fuck you, I don't want to make this song. Yeah. And you want, if you want me to be rap metal guy, you want me to be Fred Durst, I will show you how fucking easy it is to be Fred Durst. I'm going to take this good song, Pink Maggot, and in a day, which he did, rewrite it and put it out as your fucking single. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah. Enjoy. And then they shot that fucking music video at that high school. And it's just, every, it's, it's like, it's everything you think it's going to be. Yeah. Anyway. And it sold probably, right? I yeah. Mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And that's some people's only experience with the Deftones. Sure, which sure. Which is like galling. <laughs> but I think continuity-wise, it would it's make not sense. Far-based. We would like, I think people that are fans of the Deftones like myself would like to pretend that that song has no place in their discography and like to pretend that, uh, oh, yeah, you just need to say, but take that out. But no. Take that out. Adrenaline and Around the Fur and God, especially their early demo stuff. It's all that. It's all they, that. Like, they are not immune from that vibe. And yeah. they, they, they came from that. So it's a weird line for Chino to walk and the band to walk to be like, no, we're not fucking like that. We're never like that. Because it's, in an essence, not super true. I mean, well, doing but they, a song so straightforward and so like, fuck high school is not them. No, but they clearly wanted to move on and they didn't want them to per se. Right. And they were like, we need something like the last record, right? I mean, I think it would be more galling if on Deftones in 2003 if they were like, hey, we also need a rap rock thing, right? right because yeah. then you've misinterpreted why people, why why am I now, you know, still on a major label? Why am, why are we here? We're not here because of back to school. We're here because of Knife Party. We're here because of teenagers. And we're here because of every, that out because yeah, it yeah, yeah. happen. Well, and times change too. And I think that's why I like Goon Squad because it's kind of, it's all kind of true, right? If the Deftones are really as influential as they also claim to be themselves and other bands definitely do, it's true. There, there are people out there cutting trends, and people are following. And he's basically saying, "I cut myself, and just watch them all flock to drink up my blood and take from me the art that I'm giving you." And I, well, a little too much, buddy. <laughs> but I get it, man. And if you're gonna be an artist, I think there's a little bit of that sort of ego that that is gonna come into play. And Chino, you just so far in this podcast and listening to the songs we have, I accept it. And, and I think there's just, evidence to support that. And there's it, evidence it. to support it. And I think this song in particular is one of those songs. talk about you so you're saying that because like you've heard other bands that sound like this song specifically you've heard mm-hmm. songs that sound like this i like I, I i dabble in music yeah 
you um, consider yourself a fan of music? <laughs> um, I do. I do. I think it's hard because there's nothing outright revolutionary about this song. Sure. So just like a little bit of context musically, um, all of White Ponies and Drop C tuning. Mm. Um, and Steph is still playing a six string guitar at this point. This is the last album I think that he had playing a six string then guitar. Then he plays what, a seven? Seven and eight. He's using eight now. <laughs> Fucking um, yes, baby, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, because he loves metal and everything, and Meshuggah's one of his favorite bands, and he's like, as soon as I heard them playing the seven, he was like, fuck, I gotta get one of those, and then he did it. I mean, it's cool, it's cool to have light pop-ish sensibilities from time to time, and have these metal-making tools yeah. to try to make, like, high art. I don't want to, like, maybe put too much on it, but, like really ethereal beautiful sounds from a metal machine an eight string metal guitar i think that's fucking cool yeah man i I like them even more now (laughs) i mean i think there's something like without because i can't figure out a better word like really sexy about this song musically Mm, um so i'm gonna let stephen mcpherson of reveille magazine which is like a french word for it's like revelry but not revelry it's reveille i don't fucking know this is from a review from white pony as a whole in 2008 but i think it really applies to this song specifically for me uh, quote, it is, at, it is at a very basic level romantic after the fashion of Beethoven and Gothic horror. It's tension, violence, and unease forged into something that threatens to overwhelm in an aesthetic way. And it's an approach to the sublime that's really touched upon in popular art. Love it. I couldn't agree more. Like, and I, I, th- I would say that for the album as a whole. Sure. And Pink Maggot in particular. And you would put that up there with yeah, Knife Party and um, Change like yeah. as, as the sort of Low, that was their, quiet, like, and their then boom. flagstone thing to hang on to in the article was, was changed specifically. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, just, I mean, just imagine that. Slow, quiet, quiet, and then just like a banger of a chorus to like really hold on to and then like bring it back down and then bang you again. It's fucking yeah. good. That's that's why it's like, yeah. it's, it's... And like, this does not so much have that. I feel like this is more of a plateau. This is two very um, low ebbs that really reach up for one kind of moment where the song exists up on a plateau and the rest of it is kind of... Like a sea, basically. A sea of noise. Which I, I like. It's nice. Well, like, this song, I don't know what it is about it, like, sonically, but it makes my, like, hair stand on end. Makes my, like, the feeling you get crawling down your back. That Do you want to make that sound with the guitar? Like, well, so... It's a it, great it's like, distort, whatever he's it's doing. It's just delay. So it's basically just Steph doing, like, a crazy delay, and she knows But can you just get a delay pedal and make that sound? Kind, yeah, a little bit of distortion and, and okay. delay. I mean, I mean, I'm just saying, like, the perfect, like sprinkled a little bit of salt not too much a little <laughs> bit of pepper you know pull in the the secret phalange just like a little tiny just zoop, a little tiny bit little tiny <laughs> you don't want to go overboard you know what i mean like it just sounds so unique well it's really restrained this song has its incredible uh contrasting elements where it's like at once so simple but then it also feels like it surrounds you like music yeah. that you can't it's just like enveloping you. Well, that's the sea. The sea is there. It's cra- the waves are crashing. The water's hitting you. And that delay really kind of helps there. that effect, right? It's like, yeah. but it does give you enough time for you to walk from one end of this island to the other, and you have a moment where you're not being hit by the sea. And I feel like that's where the song sort of resides. And I think that's where my confusion resides, maybe on why I'm on this island and what's happening. <laughs> and then you make it back to the other side, and you're like, oh shit, it's only. It only took me two minutes to walk over to the sea again, uh, but I couldn't see the sea from the other side. It was too far for me to see that this was the end. But now I've walked and I'm back to the ocean, and now I realize that I'm stuck on this island. And then all of a sudden, a back-to-school party cruise shows up. Oh no! <laughs> Bump in the beat. <laughs> We're going back to school. Get on board. And I'm like, what is this hell? I think that it can't be 
um, overlook that Chino's voice also plays as an instrument here. I mean, he, he always does really cool shit with his voice. Like he tries to push himself, and I mean that's why I think Head Up. It's great that we got that as as the last week's song, just because all that like humming, kind of half singing, ethereal there mm-hmm. but not there stuff he's doing at the end. He just is always working on that. And forever on Knife Party, I didn't realize that Rod Geistick was was doing those vocals. I thought it was Chino forever mm. because he would try to do something like that. Like yeah. he might not be able to go that high. Maybe that's why he didn't do it. But I could definitely see him doing it. And I think even live, he's he's done it before. Yeah. Maybe not to that extent that Rod was able to get. But it that that screeching, wailing sound with Steph, just Steph's guitar and that fucking delay pedal yeah, yeah. is just a beautiful thing that just like really... Yeah, it makes me. Makes yeah. me my, my you you asked. I mean, so that's the thing. It's like you asked me what type of music I had heard, sort of like that this. was sound like this song specifically. Specifically, and I don't I don't have an answer for that at all. Um, but in terms of like what it is for the genre that it's in, at least as I understand it, it's absolutely insane uh, <laughs> that it exists in that genre. Yeah, totally. it sort of transcends. Like how it all. how you would like could be. It, do you remember CDs? Do you remember like, I remember CDs. stores like back I, in the day? I, yeah, like fortunately like, goodies and stuff and that way. And coconuts, you know, yeah. You know, they had the like sections broken up. And they did. And they have like the new middle section. And then so you'd be flipping through, you'd be like Limp Bizkit, Corn, And then this album would yeah. also be in there. Oh, sure, that's sure. Crazy. That is crazy, <laughs> yeah. right? And that's very reductive. Yeah. And, and I guess for me, you know, we've talked about it a couple of times, but, you know, the Deftones, and maybe we'll get into it too because we'll probably touch a little bit on the school element of all of this back to school stuff. But you know, for me, I would say that only two bands that I know of have outright said that the Deftones are an influence on them, and that's Thursday and Thrice. And they were at different times of their own trajectories. And I think they can also say more Thursday maybe than Thrice that they also had a huge impact on their own genre in the terms of music that was coming out of their world at the time this came out in 2000 full collapse by Thursday came out in 2002. That was like a, the same type of bomb that I consider. I'm sure that white pony was for the type of music that was being made. Um, And the fact that Thursday kept going and, and at the end of their career, they broke up in 2011. They mentioned their final album was directly influenced by the Deftones. And for me, I would hear this. A lot of bands would always be influenced by the Deftones, but I just kind of, that was just one ear and out the other, right? It's like being influenced by just anybody, like the Rolling Stones, Bob Dylan. Like it doesn't, like what does it even mean? Which is kind of strange because in my head, I remember my high school self where I know kids who listen to the Deftones and they were weird. <laughs> and I was weird because I was a punk punk kid, but right. like... But a different kind of but weird. But a different kind of weird, right? And then, and now in my head, they're kind of like, I know that they're not new metal. I know that they're like... They're, in my head, they're almost like a like a Sonic Youth, or not Sonic Youth, like a, well, I mean, kind of like a Sonic Youth, Pearl Jam, not in sound, but like in just like they are an institution. Mm. And the institution's not for you, Daniel. It's not <laughs> for you. Um, but I, I, I knew that they were more ethereal. I knew that they weren't rap rock anymore, but I knew they were, right? right. At least I understood that. Um, but I didn't get why people liked them. I, I, I just kind of thought that they were more just generic rock, but like good, kind of like Pearl Jam, kind of like Sonic Youth back in the day, you know, kind of like a little grungy, a little whatever. I don't know. I don't know what I thought. It's kind of weird to try to think about. But anyways, Thursday and Thrice would be the only two. They never reach moments of like this, like sublime. I would say that another band that gets wrapped into this a lot is Def Heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, just in terms, I think at this point, any band that d- dabbles with metal, shoegaze, uh, ethereal sounds and some screaming singing 
is automatically going to be said to be influenced by the Deftones. I think that's where we're at now. So I think it's impossible to try to like make a trajectory. But um, like the member of the TV show Fuse, the TV channel Fuse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they made a they made a list of bands that couldn't exist without the Deftones, including a bunch of bands that Chino's in, (laughs) which is really stupid. But they did outright Thursday Thrice and a Def Heaven, and I, I disagree on all those fronts. I don't think that Deftones are essential for their existence. But he came. But every, I think every generation of music goes through this type of thing, where it's like the person before had, had unlocked the door, right? If it's Kurt Cobain that unlocked the door, right? That door was definitely closing by 2000 if it wasn't already totally shut. And I think White Pony was great to like. We can have shoegaze. We can have metal. We can do all this stuff. I think that's that 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 is the influence that's cool to me, uh, even if it doesn't directly hit someone like me. But even while we were making this thing, um, a band that I really love, Touche Amore, they are recording their fifth album. And right before the whole coronavirus hit, they put out an influence, like playlist on Spotify of their influences and Teenagers was on there. And it was like right after we had listened to White Pony. And I was like, this is the first time I've seen this in the wild. And even if I had in the past, which I'm sure I have, I would not have registered it. For you, like did the length get to you? No, I, I love long songs. I mean, it reminds me of stuff from the 60s and 70s. But like I have definitely sat down for a 23 minute fucking whatever uh, and i like you know sufjan stevens for 25 minutes i'm I, I love length i think length can do great things you don't like long songs but i love them. I, I think that they can be rough right yeah. a, a, a song that you're not into that lasts for an eternity it only compounds the terrible experience right but if i think it's a beautiful thing if you can mm-hmm. make a song that is long which is can be challenging in and of itself because we're so programmed to be like three minutes, three minutes songs, three minutes long. That's how long a song is. Um, Back to school gets it right. <laughs> if you if you could not feel that I don't feel in it. a negative way at all, I no. think that's that's impressive. Uh, and I don't want to give Abe a short shrift here because I think he does a, a killer job when the drums do come in of like punching it in there and ramping up the emotion without just speeding the tempo up because you could easily do a double kick punch in the face. You will, you know, the song is getting intense now uh-huh. because I'm doing this. And like, so I think it's a really great job where you can keep the drops interesting uh, and, and still pl- like just like plotting where you're not rushing the beat, but no. you're yeah, just accentuating all that feeling. It never it's gets really fast. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It's just really well balanced, really impressive. Great job, Abe. What a great name. They're just going to go down as like a, a great band. Great band. Yeah. He just liked the name Def, like, yeah. you know, most like it was like a you know, like Def, Def Jam Def records. Jam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he, um, you know, bands in the 40s and 50s would do tone a lot. Like, oh, yeah. In there. Mm-hmm. So there was like, he's like i did want something cheesy i wanted something that would kind of last but then also be like if you weren't in on it you yeah, might yeah. mock it but i don't care because how would you even mock it <laughs> know, because yeah, everybody can make fun of whatever they want to they make me deaf oh gosh uh just a last note about the music this song musically like i said is 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 so minimal and also has a capacity to surround but it like it's hard for me to say what it is about this song just speaking musically that it evokes in me, but it's like this wonderful and exciting sense of dread. Like this, it's just like dark and violent and, and sexy again. White Pony no is coming to an end. Yeah. You're sad. So just musically, it gives me this image of like, it's like you and your person are the only lovers left alive. All right, let's And all you want to do is burn each other out. Oh my God. But then the lyrics fuck everything up. So let's talk about the lyrics. Let's, let's talk about the lyrics. Afraid. 
So a little fun fact before we get into the lyrics. Did yes. you know that the lyrics to Pink Maggot were not included on the original release of White Pony? Now, back in episode nine, we talked about the, the ton of releases that came out. Yes. Now songs got. Uh, but yeah, so the lyrics were not included in the original release, so it kind of became mm. like a little bit of lure in the fandom as to why oh. this song was not included. Oh my God. Was. In the reissues, it, it was included just like every So they song. went like ran out of space or just kind of forgot? Why? Or why? Or why? Because maybe you're not supposed to know the words. Ooh. Maybe you're not supposed to know what it means. Ooh. Um but so for, just for reference, if anyone who wants to play along at home, uh, we are consulting the actual lyrics from the CD booklet that came from out CD in the booklet. reissues. Uh, so I'm going to read through the lyrics real quick, how they are in the booklet, and then I'm going to read the lyrics that I thought they were for my entire life until researching this song. Okay. Because I, I'm i sure at some point in my career of li- listening career. to the Deftones. Wow. <laughs> Because that, that is my I'm, job, and I get paid to do it. Um, I I've probably looked at the lyrics, but I never really thought about it until the Laura Jane Grace article, really. Mm. And then I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. The, oh no! So all right, so here's the actual lyrics, right? I'll stick you a little enough to take your oxygen away, then I'll set you on fire because I'm on fire, and I'm with you alone. I'm so into this whore, rough. Be afraid, I might lose her, so forget about me because I'll stick you. Push back to square now that you need her in the throat, rough. Well, there you go, because back in school, we are the leaders of all. So transpose or stop your life is what you do. All you are to me is meat and then now pass the flask. So that last line is not in the song. Right. Um, so this is something that Chino's done or whomever's writing the lyrics. I don't think it's Chino. It's actually, this is actually blowing my mind. There's a band called The Bled and they're great. And you could maybe say that they're Deftonesian in that they have like really spacey vibes as well. And they were there. They released an album called Pass the Flask in 2001, 2002. Oh, shit. Maybe that's it. Maybe. I mean, Pass the Flask is not, they didn't coin that, but like, I, again, like the depth, if they're that influential. Wow. Yeah, so Chino's, uh, or again, whoever's writing down the lyrics. I mean, I know Chino is writing the lyrics to the song, but like whoever's responsible for putting them in the liner notes, I can't say for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. sure, sure, sure. Uh, but it probably is. But it, like on well, Saturday Night but, Risk, there's been a little ad things too. So it's not uncommon for artists to do that, to just like add stuff in the liner. Yeah, but you also, it's a different process from you writing down the lyrics and publishing them. You know, it's a joke on the po- on this podcast that I love Bob Dylan. Oh, funny. But like he, <laughs> he does that all the time. He goes in and he writes lyrics out and then they end up being different than what he sings because he He's Who's ever transcribing it? Well, no, he's writing them down. He's giving them off to be to go to the publisher so that he can make money on this later on and to copyright them. But then he's like, oh, I, there you go. Thanks. Here's a letter with my lyrics in it. Oh, and I'm about to record that song. But here, I'm just going to make a couple changes real quick. And he just sings another song. So it's not uncommon that Chino was probably doing that and was like, Pass the Flask does not fit. The music now is over overwhelming. I don't want to throw Pass the Flask. What does that even mean? So I'm going to drop that completely. But it's not. But part of the song is that, and I think Bob Dylan's famous for like that exact thing. Like this is what it was at the time. Put it in the book. That's the official lyrics. But it might not be what you hear, or it might not be what you hear in concert because I'm gonna sing it different. For this line specifically, people are kind of just like, this is the period at the end of the recording session, and he's like, I'm done. Let's get drunk because that's their favorite thing to do. So I don't know. I disagree with that. I think that it. I think it actually works even better. I think that makes all of the callousness work even better. 
according to a Redditor, confirmed by a couple of other Redditors, and I could not find the recording, but the iTunes release of White Pony, at the very end where Chino says, all you are is meat, right after that, as the heartbeats are starting or right before the heartbeats are starting, um, there's a voice that comes in that says, aortic injection sounds are often well heard at the apex. This is a good example. Now listen to the drone of the heart sounds of a healthy young lady, age 18. So I, I listened multiple times back on Spotify. I couldn't hear it. So oh. that is what everyone can like, cause there's no, that's not written anywhere. That's not like official Deftones, whatever, but somebody transcribed, transcribed, transcribed yeah, uh, what they heard. So that's, if you've heard that, that's apparently what it is. Which so, makes sense. Cause they just took a sample of a heart. They took a sample of a heartbeat. Yeah. And probably from some movie or some shit. Yeah, probably. Whatever. Yeah. So just a little note there. Okay. So I'm going to tell you what I thought the lyrics were. Basically the same until we get to I'm so into this whore. So I'll stick you a little just to take your ox- just enough to take your oxygen away. People think that it's like sex, uh, which it could be. Asking, or know. it's like literally I'm going to just hurt you a little bit, right? Like I'm going to fucking stab you. Or I'm having sex and I'm choking you. Yeah, that too. And then the fire is obviously just like passion, like I'm on fire, my body's on fire, you're on fire. Like let's just yeah. burn each other down. So it, like, yeah. And then so I'm so into this whore. I thought he said whole, because I'm so into the, oh gross. yeah. Well, no, no, not like literally because the next light, be afraid. I thought it was just like I'm so into this whore, afraid I might lose hope. It's right. Uh, so I'm afraid. I'm so into this hole. Right. I'm afraid that oh, I might hole. lose like hope. I'm, I'm down in the hole. Yeah. Right. I'm not so into forget about this me. hole that I'm in. Yeah. Because that's gross, Kelly. That's, yes. No. Okay. Um, I thought it's push back the square, not push back to square. Mm. Uh, not that you need her. Not that you need her. In, not not, not that you need her. Not that you need her. Do you think no that there's a double entendre going on where this is the reason why maybe they were in the lyrics because you might hear need and think, Oh, that's sweet. And yeah. then it's like, but I'm need. No, I need her. Not that you need her without the K. Yeah. And you don't not in the throat is what I heard is. Yeah. And you don't. Uh, mm. And then when we get to the end or stop your life, I thought he said lies and it's not is so, or stop your lies. It's what you do. Uh, See? So, so you crafted a totally different song. Yes. From but, thin air. <laughs> but okay. So I'm going to just read this little thing real quick. So, okay. Chino like likens his lyrics to paint on a canvas. The words aren't there to directly tell you what they're there for. They're just meant to imply what you should feel. He yes. likes to detail the emotions we felt within an experience as opposed to telling a straightforward story. So the lyrics are more of an additional layer put over the song than they are a, a roadmap of to what you sh- This is what it is. I'm telling you right now what I it is. I would say that's what he excels at. Yes. And Chi Chang said about the White Pony songs specifically and Chino's writing style, what's good about listening to a song and knowing exactly to the word what the singer is talking about. It's like a good painting or a good book. I never asked Chino what something means. I want to know what it means to me. Yeah. So Amen. that's why the version that I heard, the version that I always uh, listen to, the version that is the version. You still to listen me. to this yeah. time, this whole week. You yeah. listen to that version. That the, the one that I made up in my head. Love it. Love it. I think that Chi Chang and Chino Marino, you know, R.I.P. Chi, but. Uh, yeah. would sign off on me saying that's the right version. That's the real version because I think they'd sign off on that for multiple reasons. One is that I agree that that's definitely his style, which is that part kind of almost is secondary to how good the music is. And B, these are just words. Yeah. They're just nonsense. So, um, cause it doesn't, I don't, under, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, you know, just like on a, yeah, so on what a are purely ideas? factual what, what, basis. What do you think the song? No, is I, I just love the idea of someone physically being on fire and then like 
you're on fire now because you're close to me. I like that. Um, it's very funny. Uh, <laughs> so you're you're trying to take a literal trend. No, because like because I'm alone with you. I'm so into this whore, afraid that I might lose her. You know, f- so forget about me because I'll stick you. So I'll stick you. I laughed at that the first time I heard it because I I just I don't think of it as sex, even though of course you go with that and losing oxygen and just fire being passion, of course. But the stick you, I was like, see, I like a shiv. So she's gonna like shift this yeah. bitch. Like, what's going on here? And so I thought about passenger as well. Chino did not design it this way. Don't think he did. And I'll tell you exactly what Chino was thinking at the end of this little breakdown. Okay. But uh, it it all kind of fits. Like we have, you know, even if I yeah. hear you, which I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I'll never know. Yeah. See episode nine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we start with him being abducted, the narrator being abducted and thrown in the back of a sure, car. And sure. then we have passenger with more car imagery, knife party. Like the, he's made this like little world, but, but he didn't, yeah, yeah. like he didn't actually design that way, but you can, you can, and it's fun. And that's you the should. whole point. Interpret yeah. it however the fuck you want to. And I think this, so totally passenger fits. helped me. Passenger oh, helped good. me a little bit to be like, okay, we're in a different sort of world. But I think just like uh, the classic back to school, um, <laughs> with, with fake maggot, uh, it's confusing to me because, like, that one, uh, is he on board with the, is he part of the leaders or is he saying, it, does he want you to transpose or does he want you to give in? Okay, I guess so that's my question. If we take what Chino said about the song being triumphant and confident. Then transpose. And it's really easy to read this as kind of like a misogynist teenager revenge anthem, especially if you factor in back to school with no sense of satire or irony. Yeah. It's not a great look. But and I don't see it that way. Which 40-year-old uh, Deftones doing back to school today, sure, I can give yeah. it to them. But I don't I don't think so. I think you're right. I think that times change and we look back. Uh, because even the even if the concept is having sex, it's like, I'm so into this whore, but she's going to forget about me. Fuck it. I'm just going to stick you anyway. Yeah. Like, I'm going to fuck you. I'm going to get what I want out of this. One of the comments regardless. I read on the, that lyrical breakdown was saying, like, I see this as people being in a party that maybe they've, you know, the narrators had sex with this woman before and is now over her emotionally because of whatever. So I think that's why it's instructive to view this song. If you're going to really try to break it down with, with change. So yeah, in change, the narrator is like dealing with a deep sense of betrayal, right? Like they're watching somebody they thought they knew turn into this unrecognizable, unthinkable thing. And the narrator's hurt and reeling from this transformation. So in Peak Maggot, we're dealing with the aftermath of that like bitterness and anger. Like, what do you do now that this person is gone? Everything you thought you knew was a lie. How do you process that? Yeah. So I it, I think Pink Maggot is about like a volatile relationship, nostalgia, and depression, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like a four-piece thing we got going on here. The first thing is we hurt each other in this relationship and people at large. Like, we, we hurt each other in general. And I'm scared of you. I'm scared of you, this person I'm in the relationship. I'm scared of all of you, the popular kids, you, whatever it is, because of that hurt. And I'm scared if I keep going this way, I'm going to kill you or myself. Yeah. Something bad's going to fucking happen. Okay. Uh, I remember when I felt powerful. I felt powerful in school. I had confidence then. I I, I was a, I built myself up. And then this, like, terrible resolve at the end, like, I'll show you all because you all yeah. deserve pain. Like, uh, so it's like this fucking... Very 1999. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the soundtrack the to atrocity. Way. Yeah. Uh. So, in my version especially, my fake version of the song, the narrator's trapped in a cycle of anger and sadness. They're, like, at once the victim and a monster, kind of, like, oscillating between these feelings of being powerful yeah. and hating themselves for their thoughts and actions. So, it's like, you just... Yeah. Uh, you know that it's not right, but you can't help it because you feel like this victim and they deserve to be punished. And For me, Change is interesting because it's kind of the same song three times over. 
but the music is what carries it to different places. And I'm sure we'll talk about it when we get the song, but it's essentially the same lyrics. Oh, I never noticed you before. Oh, I've now thrown you into a cage down to a pedestal Mm -hmm. so that I can admire you. And then, Oh, uh, now I'm not that into it anymore because you're not special anymore. It's, it's, Lost all of its power. Like, because the, the narrator is on the outside, right? Like, uh, with change, and then you know, this kind of gets lumped yeah. too. Is is there at once? Uh, like, it does follow it, right? Change into this. Yes. Or? Yeah. Okay. This, and I think that's why. It. And it, it's totally intentional. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. Yeah. of those people this, or this idea of this whether it's one person or the idea of like a popular clique or whatever if we really stick in the school thing which sucks well but, like, but it doesn't because they're kids and like that it does work it yeah. works because we were kids when we heard right. this right yeah. that's the thing you just it's it's not gonna land the same way but I think you're right because for me I was like Clicks and gangs and stuff, like, sure, I'm not, I don't really understand that. I haven't been in high school in most of my life at this point. Um, but those are the people that are running this country, right? right? The clicks and gangs are the ones that are your fucking bankers and are your fucking president and your fucking, like, those shitty people. Uh, if you're th- if you're thinking of this as, like, satire, which I don't know if I think that's the Back way. Back to school, I do 100%. Back to school, a, yeah, because it's... Straight up commentary on the new metal scene, that's right. all that is. But here it's like, because back in school, we were the leaders almost like... Because if your thing is right, where it's like this, I'm being pushed to fucking, you know, need her in her throat, you know, and basically telling her back in school, I was strong and now I'm a fucking baby boy. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's what it is. My I mean, power's I'm, been taken away and my I power, feel bad. Right. Because she wants to fucking live her own life. And he's like, I'm a baby boy and I can't. I can't let that happen, right? Because back in high school, I, you know, kind I was of like, told this was going to be a way, and it's not that way, and I'm having feelings about it. Classic, you know, Glory Days by Bruce Springsteen, you know, sort of like living in the 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 past, and you know, because we're the leaders. So with that part, I'm like, okay, I, I like your thing, where he's basically um, trying to convince his partner that he's powerful and strong when she knows that that's a fucking lie. Can she go anywhere? I probably not, but like she knows and he knows that she knows that he's a piece of shit. But, but the end I think is kind of the weird part, but I also a threat, you know, transpose. So either leave to you, the person that I'm needing your throat or oh, stop about it. Yeah. If, we, if we're looking at it like big picture wise, I would say that transpose or stop would be, if the leaders are the people running the country, you either give in and accept that this is the way things are or you transcend it. And if, and if what you said before about Chino talking about the song, that's probably at least I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. That's what he wants you to do is to not to think for yourself, break out of the molds right. that high school is not the be all end all. Um, even if those people and if you that are think, friends are like be, you're you're okay and you're gonna make it out like fake it till you make it if you have to man confidence really is key. do whatever you can do yeah. exactly so that's what i that's what i feel as well and this also um i i thought about a couple of episodes that we've done recently um like rats 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 that starts with um the great decide decide is mm-hmm. is it it is it decide and it's not your style is it you know it's asking you the same thing transpose or stop like decide in that case you know we talked about it before but I, I think it's like meta commentary on the song. Like this song is really hard and fast. Decide if this is worth this it. Is, what you're into? is this what this you're is into? Like what? Decide, decide. 
Um, but in terms of leaders, like Hole in the Earth, I mean, the, the name of this podcast, we happen to get that on episode 20, which awesome. Um, but he also says, like, I hate my friends. They lack taste sometimes. He He's open about being, you know, shitting on his friends and shitting on his you know, bandmates if they're annoying him, but also sort of reflecting it upon himself. And I feel like that also leads back to here where it's like we were all leaders. Well, who are you talking about? You're talking about your friends, right? So if you're open about your friends being fallible and being shitty sometimes and you being shitty too, you can have a positive, more positive spin, which I think the classic back to school does more because it's more upbeat and jovial. And this is harder to swallow because you're trapped on an island and waves are crashing everywhere. Yeah. That's all. It's hard because I don't think that he does satire and I don't think he does um, murder Chino. You know, I don't think that those two things are the same. I don't think that I can't decide which one I want because none of them, both of them don't feel satisfying. And I think that's ultimately I why. I agree with that. And I know this is your favorite song, but I don't think it's my favorite song. And yeah. I think it's because of because of that, because I don't get it. I don't understand it. And as much as I love the music, the lyrics, you know, for mine, for Rats, 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 for Hole in the Earth, like even Hole in the Earth, I mean, the most basic ass song. There was just a little more. Just a little made you feel. But this one, I, I don't know. I like the, I don't like the whore thing, man. I don't like it. And all yeah. all we are is meat. That's tough. Yeah, it's a tough look. That's that's why I had to make it my own. That's why like I I, my my body protected myself <laughs> <laughs> when I first heard this song and every subsequent listen after. Like, no, this is what he's saying. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. And I mean, I, I think I really clung to somewhere even subconsciously just that line of, so forget about me, right? Like that that's a little bit of self-reflection. Mm. Like, get out of here. Like, you, I'm bad. I am bad. This is bad. Yeah. Leave. Um, again, I've already mentioned it once and I, and I apologize, but like it's a joke at this point, but Bob Dylan, um, I think, I know you don't know anything about Bob Dylan, but the way that people talk about Chino reminds me so much of the way people talk about Bob Dylan. I think their audiences are kind of the same. The the analysis of these songs Mm -hmm. are so overwrought and they go out of their way to make a story for something that can just be a really terrible tale. You can, um, Listen to it and just ignore the word whore, right? Make it whole. Or you can, um, like me, I can't hear whole. I have to hear whore, right? right so I have to know. like, yeah. I have to reconcile with it. And so that's kind of the point here. But I but I do think that it's kind of crazy that I think Dylan fans and, and, and Beatles fans, I'm sure, are like that too. They're willing to overlook the transgressions of, of whoever it is for the oh, songs I'm themselves. Definitely not immune to that. And I yeah. think that that's an excellent point to bring up because as a final note on the lyrics... This is what the song is really about. Yes, please. From Reddit user, deleted, because (laughs) it was two years ago and they don't exist anymore. But uh, the thing that I always, just because of that exact reason, because I love this band and it's hard for me to do, it's challenging for me to reconcile with the thing that he's actually saying. So I make up what I want to hear, which is not great. And I understand that. I'm going to grow and learn as a person. But the real truth of the matter is these guys were drunk all the time. They did drugs all the time. Yeah. These write songs about, as the Pitchfork review of White Pony would say, songs about druggy sex and sex on drugs. Uh, that is it. And that is the beginning is. and end of it. And you can put on whatever you want. You can put on whatever you want to Bob Dylan's song. He's just writing fucking what he wants to write. Mm-hmm. Chino and the guys are just writing what they want to write. And it's, they meant for you to interpret it how you want to. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. But I'm just going to let deleted say it for me. 
It's like the whole album is cocaine and Pink Maggot is a shot of heroin that brings it all down. Uh. We've all been there. That first hit where your esophagus collapses and it feels like someone just kneed you in the throat. You fix a shot for your lady friend and you're both there with each other, all hot and bothered and barely breathing. And you suddenly become deathly afraid that she'll overdose or die. That's when you got to go back to square one. Throw some coke on the spoon and get that spoon on fire. Stick it. Got to transpose that substance or else we'll die. Not with it, then go back to school. Don't be a square, because we're the leaders, but in the end, we're all just meat. Let's have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking perfect. That's so good. <laughs> and I mean, I think that's that's probably the most accurate analysis of the song you're ever going to get. so funny. So I know this song's only 20, 20 years old now. Hey, anniversary hey. of White Pony. Don't forget, June 20th. What up, 2020? What up? The world still exists. Listen to White Pony. Uh, what do you think? Does this song work 20 years later? Do you think this song is, is, is relevant today? Does it sound dated? Do you mm. get trapped in the new metal of it all? No, there's no, there's not any new metal. Here. I know, I agree. But um, we've had we've had riffs uh, recently, even in stuff in like Saturday Night Wrist that feels. Um, not the good chugga chuggas, but like kind of like mediocre chugga chuggas. Yeah. The worst stuff of new metal. They still towed it out from time to time, at least from twenty six or two thousand seven. Sorry, uh, right? That's when Saturday night was two thousand six. Yeah. So yeah, I'll give them a pass. That feels like forever ago. Uh, <laughs> so dated, I would say absolutely not. Teenagers are going to continue to listen to this, um, and it's going to be that bridge for kids for a long time. So no. Uh, does this song work? Hell yeah. This song is great. <laughs> um, it's such a exquisite pace. I love that you can escape in it. It's a long song um, and it can do that. And it's got a fucking hook. That's great for two songs and two great songs. I must mention the classic back to school and this one. Uh, no, but pig maggot reminds me of um, Phantom Bride. You know, just from two episodes ago. I remember I just couldn't shut up about I love that shit. And I, I, you know, it's weird because they collaborate with a lot of people. You know, we talk about Passenger, Major James Keenan mm-hmm. is on there. Um, what was it? Surge from uh, System of a Down, System of a Down mm-hmm. was in at the end of mine. And he collaborated with, of course, um, Soulfly Guy. Nice. For, so lots of lots of that stuff, which is pretty interesting. But he also, and we talked about on Phantom Bride, um, that he, he collaborated with Jerry Cantrell of Alice in Chains, mm-hmm. who did the solo work which was awesome and was different and what makes that song so good yeah there is a guitar solo in that but, song, but yeah. pink maggot reminds me of that it's like this this weird predecessor that you can keep calling back and say oh this this is really good 16 years later this is really good oh they did that before wow that's really cool and they just get better and better and they realize their own limits like you know i think there was a thing with chino where he's like what did he say you said last week like he wanted a cool guitar riff they're not the ones that do it so let's get a fucking awesome guy to come in here and just like play a fucking guitar it's like well that's great that sounds awesome so they're really good at collaborating and for me it's sort of i think of phantom bride again because of the lyrical content in that one if this is about high school or if it is about a failed relationship or if it's just like limp biscuit and corn need to go back because I'm trans, I'm in college right now, you know, whatever. <laughs> I still think that Phantom Bride and some of the lyrics 16 years later than Pink Maggot apply to 
almost any scenario because if it is that Chino is the one that's pining for being the leader because in high school he was the man or if it's anyone that he's sort of critiquing as being that glory days type of Bruce Springsteen character um, the lyrics in that you spend your life trapped in a void where you will stay always you waste your life relaxed in a void where you will drain all of you feel like that's almost an update 16 years later to say that mindset if this is how you feel as a kid listening to pink maggot and you're like yeah maybe listen to phantom bride and say this is your future if you don't stop right it's toxic it's poison it's poison absolutely and uh, you know again i don't know how chino feels and i don't think he would say how he feels i think he's probably just based on what I know, he definitely gives more interviews and stuff because we live in a different time and age. But I could see him being kind of a devilish character, not answering questions. Sure. Um, I just mean, like a certain even... B Dylan. Um, but I, I do, I do think that there's power in not saying everything. Well, especially that's his ethos, right? Like it's yeah. up to you, man. I, and I love that. I, that. I think that's great, especially when you produce really good stuff. So this song is great, and it's an all timer because it's going to work for so much of the rest of the oeuvre. And that alone is like, we're going to talk about the song for the next 120, 100 and, I mean, God, what, three episodes left until they release a new record? So, All right, we're at episode 26. There's 129. 130 so, something. 130 yeah, 129. Something. Yeah. 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 So, Forever and ever. Yeah. Plus, I'll, I'm going to make you watch this really tragic documentary. So Amazing. Enjoy that. Can you imagine doing a podcast more than 100 episodes? No, that's not, that's too many. I don't think people can do that. Yeah. So maybe we'll cut it off then. I think we should cut it off now. I did say earlier that I get it. The Deftones are yeah. cool. Okay. And so we're yeah. done. So we're done. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Put the banner up. But what about you? Does this song hold up still? Is it just for teenagers or or is teenagers just for teenagers and adults can listen to Knife Party? And then we just say, Pink Maggot, you sit in the corner. Um, I mean, this song's always going to work for me because I'm totally, Your version. <laughs> yeah. Because like, I, I can't. Uh, well, let me tell you why this is my favorite song and why it will always work. Because uh, this song makes me stop at my tracks. It makes me pay attention and I can't passively listen to it, which is like how I consume most media. So the fact that like I'd rather turn this off than not give it my full attention is is powerful in and of itself. And that's what music can do to you. That's what good art should do to you. It should be something that you can't help but give yourself over to that like consumes you, that makes you feel something. Maybe you don't you can't even describe it, but you never want it to end that feeling. And it doesn't have to be this song or the Deftones or even music. But I hope sincerely that whoever is hearing this. You have something in your life that takes you over in that way and that makes your heart feel like it might burst because that feeling, that passion is the best part about being alive. Yeah, and and art in general. And that's what this song does for me. Yeah, no, and all art should do something like that. You know, you got to have an outlet for something and, and your outlet should not be needing K-N-E-D, some person in the fucking <laughs> right, neck. Right, right. You need to get an outlet by watching a great movie or watching or listening to a great song. You got to find an outlet for all of your emotions, man. Yeah. And it just so happens to be music for us, but the 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 point of the podcast is to listen to songs, but you could li- you could watch a movie once a week and really yeah. like sit with it and like really think about it. And that's that does wonders for you. 
in this time of apocalypse, if you're looking for something to do, find us everywhere on the internet at SOTWpod. That's Twitter, Instagram. We have a website, SOTWpod.com. Don't ask me what it means. That's a joke for people that uh, have been listening the whole time. And if you haven't, it's not my, not my fault. SOTWpod. Don't be confused by the content there. It is 100%. You're in the right place. You're in the right place. Deftones. SOTWpod. Deftones only podcast. Yeah. Part of being a real podcast is having a playlist. I mean, at least for our podcast. Yes. So you can find that if you go to Spotify and type in playlist, exclamation point, playlist, exclamation point, playlist, exclamation point. And there's no spaces. Rats, rats, no spaces. Rats, rats, rats. Playlist, playlist, playlist. And you will find our weekly updates of the song because it's hard to just listen to a song on repeat. We like to put some other stuff with it to give you like a good around an hour of music a week to just experience the whole thing together and stuff we like you know you get more yeah, we got lots of lots of us. punk on here i love this we if you're so curious good. about that no chorus song boom boom it's right boom there. you don't even have to think about it what uh and just a quick rundown of things that you'll find on the on the playlist today and, mm. and if, if you want to pop up say something about it daniel please feel free oh i will you got insane clown posse hilarious so uh one for the maggots two for the bitch <laughs> three for the brick that smacks your lips that's you said if I want to say it. something, uh, that's what I want to say. Uh, Frank Ocean, Pink and White. Love Frank Ocean. Nah. You uh, could have put another one from uh, Channel Orange on there, too. Pink Bullets. Uh, that's the first song I thought when we first started really? doing this. I was like, oh, my God. That shoots too narrow. It's such a great record. And Pink Bullets is the fucking jam, man. It's great. Yeah. Dillinger 4, Fuzzy Pink Handcuff. Hey, anytime I can put D4 on there. Yeah. Well, see, okay. So Dillinger 4, Thrice and Thursday are the same band. No. They're, yeah. <laughs> wow. In my head. Uh, <laughs> Any, Thursday for any person who that's almost like saying like uh well in my head i would say chevelle lincoln park and deftones are the same band that's offensive so what you said was offensive, <laughs> what you said was offensive. yeah i think thrice and thursday they're okay because they've toured together multiple times and you can confusing them i think is rude but acknowledging that they're two separate bands that are conjoined but d4 <laughs> they're a fat records band like they're oh, not true. they're not linked to Oh, there's also the Dillinger Escape. And Dillinger Escape. Uh, Tomib by Square Pusher, obvious. Yes. Push the Square. Push the Square, yes, it was great. Uh, Lars Fredrickson and the something you cut off. I don't Lars know. Fredrickson and the Bastards. And the Bastards. Do you know who Lars Fredrickson uh-uh. is? He's the guitarist for Rancid. No shit. Yep. Loka Connie? Uh, fantastic, fantastic. Apparently I have heard them before and I didn't realize that, but I love that. And you walked in immediately. I was listening to it just on the playlist and you're like, that's not from the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I was, like they, really but it, I love the vibe. Got that yeah. tone. Like it, I wouldn't have known. If well, I they had their like um, featured artists with them were like Jerry Lee Lewis and stuff. Who was, I mean, surprisingly still fucking alive. But like, oh, but like, yeah, it, it is Jerry Lee Lewis. It's just that fucking like mm-hmm. crazy piano fucking rock, and someone's got to do it right. Shit. Husker Du. Husker Du. Pink turns to blue. One of the best. Global Threat. And Global Threat, one of the first, I, we covered them back in the day in my old punk band. Oh, yeah. Um, this song and uh, Until the End, a couple of their songs. Yeah, fucking classic record. Only one album, I think. Um, so good. <laughs> fucking racist maggots. Hell yeah. Thomas Barford. Uh, transpose. Yes. It, so I, for a second, I was like, oh, I'm going to recommend this because I popped into a stuff like, this is good. It's because I, I love me some electronic music. And it's good for spacey stuff. We're on space. I know. I know. Of. It was great. And I was hoping that the, his stuff would be more like that. At least his album, uh, Paloma, that this track is from Transpose. But it's, uh, he no. does he does a little too much Zed pop singer stuff for me. What's that? Zed, he do, he's like, if you think of an EDM track that's huge, Zed probably did it. Mm. Um, I'm but, thinking of them all right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's he just takes like classic EDM track stuff okay. and then puts a 
lady singer on top. Oh, okay. Uh, so I yeah. thought there was going to be less of that. And there's a couple of tracks where he uses this Thomas Barfoot fella. Barfoot fella. Who's been around for fucking ever, apparently. So maybe his older stuff's not like this, but. Yeah. Uh, where he's cutting up the samples of the songs or okay. the, the vocals and using them kind of as like instruments. And stuff. I was yeah. like, that's really interesting. But oh, then I was just like, there's too much. There's yeah. Too much. So, so pass uh, for you. Probably okay. pass, but fine. Uh, interaction. We are the leaders. That uh, was just a- <laughs> so good yeah. for being a, under a thousand listens. So everybody go out and listen to. Is that from the sixties too? No, no. They seem to be brand new. What the fuck? All these bands that sound like they're like legit in time yeah. from the 60s or 50s what the no fuck? they seem like they're a new band they, they, that's the only thing they have and they're all under a thousand listens so god damn yeah uh, pink obviously you make the, me sick uh, it makes from me think classic of pink throwback pink throwback R&B pink. pink I don't know any other pink so yeah. she's still around you say that but she's I don't a, know that she's a pop singer but now I do well I know who she is but she she's got that the, the sparkle twinkle stuff going on in this song it's so like Destiny's oh, right, Child the like shoo, the chimes Oh, it just like takes you back to to two thousand. Like yeah, honestly, that's why Deaf Pony too. Deaf Pony, Jesus, that's why White Pony uh, is also iconic. Because if we go back and think about the year two thousand, which is when this Pink song came out, I know that's the saturated climate we're living in. Yep. The Backstreet Boy, in syncified world, that's what's popular. That's and to why have I picked this. I was like, because I could pick any Pink song, right? So, but I was like, this is such a great idea, like, like encompassing. This is not. This is the year two thousand. White Pony and this came out at the same time I mean, I not on the day, but yeah. yeah. So it's it's cool to like. Well, it's cool too it. because I got the driving came out uh, their last relationship with band in two thousand two, and that's a that's another contrast with White Pony that that would be cool to do on this podcast too. Like take other two thousand iconic albums uh, a yeah. day and just like what. Oh sure, sure yeah. How do how do those what classics two thousand sound like? Yeah, sound like yeah. That's a great call. Huh? If only. The, this podcast, what a great idea to like take stuff from the past and like, you know, mesh them together. Why more people do that? Great idea. And then finally, with the exception of no chorus from Dr. Doom, Pulse of the Maggots. Yeah. From um, Slipknot's Volume 3. We are the new diabolic. We are the bitter bucolic. If I have to give my life, you can have it. We are the Pulse of the Maggots. Do you understand? Yes. <laughs> we say it again. Say it again. We won't die. Uh, as I'm sure you're Rick aware. Rubin. Produced this. Did Rick you know Rubin. Rick fucking uh, Jay Z, mm. Beastie Boys, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Cash, his entire, um, you know. Um, I mean, I do know that name. Yeah. Big Beard. Yeah. Rick Rubin, one of the best producers in the world, works with Slipknot. Oh, he was brought on to I mean, it sounded the, good. The it sounded albums, I think. Wouldn't be shocked. He, yeah. It sounded great. It sounded really good. Um, but I can't get over what's his face? Corey Taylor, right? That's mm-hmm. his name. I can't get used to like him talking and then like just get a little just a little rough around the edge. Like I'm talking and then I'm a little matter. Uh, then I'm back to normal matter. Uh, like it just sounds weird. Yeah. Is that not weird? That's well, scream. that's why I fell off at volume three. Scream. Yeah. Scream. Yeah. Or don't. Didn't happen in Iowa in the self-titled. Just saying. Uh, do they? Does he just scream then? Is it like just screaming? I mean, you don't even have to scream. You can just do the gruff sound. That's fine. As you know, Slipknot fans are called. Maggots. Or s- 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 nodders? Maggots. Maggots. Yeah. So that's why the song is called Pulse of the Maggots. <laughs> <laughs> are, they, hang on. are they still called Maggots? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I saw a little bit more about the song. I was probably on Genius or something like that. And it's had a quote from Clown Number Six. And I was like, oh, God, they don't even name the people. You don't even like you don't even know clown number six is it's so rude yeah. i mean at least you know chris jorgensen or whatever and he probably jo- what was it joey jorgensen and then paul so he 
imagine so imagine wanting to get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> yeah. how quick. Clock number six. How quick can I? Clock number six. I'm working on a. It's like the chair situation in like band back in high school. Right, you know, it's like first chair. <laughs> first, I'm six. working towards clown number six. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a first chair clown. Please God, I've been working so hard. Let me be first. Do, chair do all clown. they do? What do they do? What do the clowns do? They just like they're all they're, percussion. Yeah, and yeah. There's Excellent one percussion. just one person hitting a thing. Yeah, because that's why Joey was so great because he he did so much. Oh God, yeah. And watching his videos, I remember. Um, when I first started my band, you know, and I've said this before, but they wanted to be slept on and wear masks. And I was like, no, but, uh, my guitarist tried real hard to convince us that like Slipknot was valuable. And, uh, me and Dave, the drummer, we disagreed and we still disagree. It's garbage. But, uh, Joey was so good. He would do these, um, solos. Like we would just oh, watch yeah. drum solos of Incredible him. Drummer. Oh, stop, please. And then they would also have him do like weird, like trick stuff where they would have this giant platform. Yeah. Where that, he would play upside down. Yeah. That's what I saw too. Stuff. And that was where, dope. It, no, it's super cool, but yeah. it's like, I think sometimes that can undercut what a fucking amazing drama he is. We didn't just listen to our playlist this week. Couldn't do it. We were also human beings in the world. Daniel, what did what else did you get into this week? You want to tell some people about some stuff? Well, like Chino says in mine, I'd like to pull you into me, intercept you in between, but I've never wandered out outside. And that's <laughs> that's us right now. We're in the in the pandemic. We're all isolating. Anyways, I no, I was listening to a couple of things. I want to start with uh something that the New York Times released, the 25 songs that matter now. Um, I thought it was interesting just because we've been talking about the 2000s and we've been talking about, you know, what was pop music like back then. I'm just going to throw out the 25 artists that matter now. And these are songs that they do, so it's not necessarily the artist. But I'm just going to throw it out and just curious if you know most of these people. Um, Number one was King Princess. Mm -hmm. You know that. Tyler, the creator. Mm -hmm. Harry Styles. Mm -hmm. Brittany Howard. Oh yeah, she's I listen from, to her. Uh, she's Alabama great. Shakes. Oh great, she's yeah. she. That was great. Uh, Romeo Santos. Mm-hmm. I guess he's bringing back like sort of uh, Mexican. Stuff. Yeah, and like romantic ballad type of thing. That's cool. uh, Taylor Swift uh, has a song that's uh, Billie Eilish as well. Burna Boy, uh, no. Black Midi. No. Lil Nas X, of course. Apparently, the Cats soundtrack. Cats. I don't know. Uh, Denzel Curry. Uh, Normani. Mm-mm. Lana Del Rey. Yes. Red Hearse. No. Lizzo. Yes. Richard Dawson. No. Kanye West. Yes. Follow God. Uh, Vampire Weekend. Yes. 100 Gex. No. Summer Walker. No. Megan the, Megan the T-H-E-E Stallion. Uh, Hot Girl Summer. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, you do know. Okay. Then the High Women. Mm-hmm. Not the Highway Man. The High Women. It's, it's very inelegant um but um jason isbell's wife amanda shears is a part of that so mm-hmm. um katronada K- oh yeah, yeah. yeah they, um their album in 2016 i want to say uh had sid from oh um, right, right. Crew. yeah yeah and on a bunch of stuff. odd future and odd future there and then finally slater kenny <laughs> center won't hold uh so the profile the little tiny they, they sort of 25 different writers i want to assume 
wrote a profile for all of these. And the guy who wrote it, the writer is Hanif Abdurraqib, who I've actually read. I read his um, essays, uh, They Can't Kill Us Until They Kill Us. And he wrote a book about A Tribe Called Quest, Go Ahead in the Rain, Notes on A Tribe Called Quest. Cool. So like a love letter basically to A Tribe Called Quest, which I also read. And he's fucking amazing. And he's on Twitter and I absolutely recommend following. He's got a book that's coming out soon called They Dance. They Don't Dance No More. Uh, looking at black performances and the history and legacy of blackface and minstrel shows. But he writes about Slater Kinney, which I was not expecting at the end of this. He said, quote, when you listen to the song on repeat, the final 56 seconds feel inevitable. The set But I would give anything to return to a moment when I first heard it kick out from the one gear into the next. It feels like a steep drop of a roller coaster after a meandering journey to the top. The guitars grow louder, faster. The unmistakable drums of Janet Weiss are unchained. And then moving on later. The song, the song's lyrics and album bring to mind the W.B. Yeats poem, The Second Coming. Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosened upon the world. It's hard not to think of them as a parable. The band didn't emerge from this album as the same band that went into it making it. Janet Weiss, one of the great rock drummers of all time, played on the album but departed the band after the album came out. For those who have known Slater Kinney and loved them for a long time, it feels as if the band is in their peak form for one last time. And he closes by saying, I eventually set aside nostalgia to allow myself gratitude and admiration, not entirely for the music itself, but for the aims of the band in this new era. Consistent greatness paired with tenure can be a recipe for complacency. Someone, somewhere, will be eager for a Slater Kinney album, even if it's the exact same one before it. And he likens it in the end to turning out the lights on a new era and running toward a new one. And I was like, ah, Slater Kinney in the New York Times is great. I love it. And and Hannah writing about it, oh my God, he's just such a fucking uh, amazing writer. And of course he loves Slater Kinney. He's fucking perfect. And you know who else is perfect? Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. I know it's a joke. Hilarious. I like Bob Dylan. Real funny, Kelly. But he released his first single in fucking eight years. Our Nobel laureate, Bob Dylan, don't you forget, uh, released a a new song called Murder Murder Most Foul. Uh, He dropped it in the middle of the night uh, a couple of days ago. And it talks about the JFK assassination, but he also references so many things. NPR made a playlist of all of the, all of the music mentioned in it. Oh, really? And it's over 75 tracks. Holy shit. uh, Because it kind of like, it feels hallucinatory. It's 17 minutes long. So another long song. I mean, you, you put it beautifully earlier about what art is. And he, he sums it up pretty well too, where it's like, this tragedy has befallen us. The world will never be the same, but I need, how do we move on? Well, how do we, how do we always move on? And how are we moving on right now? In his message, he was like, thanks to everybody who's followed me. This one's for you. I know everyone's having a hard time. Here you go. So if this was the reason why we got a Bob Dylan single, I don't want to say it was worth it. It's not worth right. it. But like, it's a beautiful thing. But he was saying, what what moves us on? Put on that a litany of just all of what was going on in like 1963. I mean, it's just like everything. What would we have done when we learned that JFK was shot? And what in the immediate moments afterwards would we do? We'd put on Coltrane. We'd put on... Free Will and Bob Dylan. You know what I mean? Like we put on him to try to escape the world. And I think that's beautiful. And I, I know lots of people are trying their best to to do that. And we're trying to give you something here to help you escape a little bit. So I recommend Murder Most Foul. It's a long song. And if it's your first Bob Dylan song, 
I would say pass. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Freewheeling Bob Dylan. Start at the beginning. But um, but for anybody who even has a little bit of a, a knowledge of Bob, um, if only there was a podcast out there that talked about Bob Dylan the way that we do this Deftones podcast, um, I recommend you do that and start your own podcast about Murder Most Foul. Yeah, that yeah. song, only that song. Only that song, though. But what were you doing, Kelly, after That's all of the that? the more important thing. Um, yeah, there seems to be this... I appreciate the movement of, of artists in all shapes and forms releasing content for free. And live streaming. Live streaming. Instagram like stories, like, yeah. Everything sucks, I get it. Here's this thing to help you a little bit. Here's the thing that I can do to help a little bit. And, and maybe fun. you'll give them a, a dollar too. I mean, it's yeah. like they can't tour. All these great records coming out and they can't go on tour. It's right. Nice. Yeah. God. Now, Bob doesn't need that. But like, you know, think of all the small artists, you know. They were really counting on this about a lot. spring and summer tour. Yeah, absolutely. Or, and a lot of the people we're talking about even on our playlist are still around. To to. Yep. So absolutely. Like or once in a lifetime things. Dillinger 4 was playing with uh, Avail, Tim Barry's uh, right. punk band and Avail. They just got together for like this summer. You know, it's like we're just we get together after 20 years and they were going to play a show in Chicago the night that all this went down, uh, that the NBA canceled and all of that. So they they had to cancel their show. And it's like I, they hope to get together. But will they? You know, right. it's like, man, that's a once in a lifetime show that's gone. Yeah. You know, it's not just like a normal tour. It's like, man, that's a one off. And how many one offs for other people? That's a one off for me, maybe not for anyone else. But like how many others were lost? And that's that's a shame. That's a shame. But at least people are trying to do what they can. Absolutely. That is- Release music digitally, whenever, wherever. We're meant to be together. Isn't that your cure? Uh, anyway, <laughs> Trent Reznor. <laughs> oh yeah, Trent. Uh, Nine Inch Nails released two albums, two more installments in the Ghosts. What will be the Ghosts anthology? I guess. I wish right? there was a Nine Inch Nails podcast that could cover this because I don't know a lot about Nine Inch Nails. I know. I just I I love them a lot. It seems hard. We could do one. We could. Whatever. Like that's there. Well, there's only 130 episodes of this. Yeah. Until they release we'll, so we'll do the next. So we'll just do, yeah. What would we call it? I don't know. Um, down in it? Down in it? Down in it? Because uh, I was up above it. But down, down in it. Yeah, that sounds yeah, good. Maybe. Right. Yeah, maybe. Ghosts 5 and 6, respectively. Um, mm. The first one is subtitled Together. Ghost 5, Together. Ghost 6, Locust. So uh, translated on the website, like, two different albums for two different vibes. And, and it's true. Like, they... Um, together is better. Together is eight tracks, but an hour and ten minutes long, and mm. Locust is fifteen tracks and an hour and twenty three minutes long. So, but it, it's Trent doing like his his film score best awesome stuff. I mean, I love Obby and Electronic stuff, and I just I will never get over. So let me backtrack a little bit. My favorite song out of both the albums, again, I prefer Together over Locust, but my favorite song on Together is Your Touch. It's only four minutes long. It's like a, an actual song unless there's no lyrics. There's no lyrics in any of it. Yeah. Um, but. I just, it's incredible. I, I don't know how he can manage after so many years to really get away from himself. This song, when it starts, it sounds like The weekend. It sounds like mm. a, a pop act. Like, right. it, it, it's it's just incredible. But then there's something about it that you know it's him. Like, he has created this indelible signature to everything he does. Yeah. So he can get so far away, and you're still like, that's fucking Trent Reznor. And it's just like, cool. I mean, maybe just because I know it so well, and like, I, I'm sure like the casual listener will be like, I don't know but like for me it's like oh, like that's so so incredible yeah and uh it's definitely something you could put on passively i'm sure that's the intention of it and it very much feels like the, the film score so if we're going in that mode i would say that that uh together is like a really much more accessible like a little it's not a beat because he doesn't know how to do a beat but like yeah. nicer and then locust is very much um 
hard it is. It's, it's like free jazz. Stereo. It's like, a, yeah, there's there's definitely like a horror movie vibe to it where it's... You're like a plague of locusts? Yeah. Like a lot of tension, a lot of like plinking sounds that are uncomfortable, that don't sound great together. But that's, and that's him. I don't know. So yeah. definitely check I mean, that's a out. perfect yin and yang to yeah. try to resurrect. Fucking great. So two and a half hours of music to pass the time. And you definitely don't need to like sit there. I mean, if you want to, absolutely. Experience however you want to, but you can certainly put this on and just do other stuff and just let it wash over you, which I think is probably his intention. That's what I will be doing today. Yes. Um, And then also, (laughs) I know I'm super late to the game because this came out like three years ago probably, but uh, what we do in the shadows, the the movie obviously from 2014 was great, but they made a TV series. It's been on, like I said, for like two years. With all the people. No. So it's, it's, um, Clement, whatever his name is, that did yeah. Flight of the Concords, uh-huh. and Taika Waititi produce it, just like they did oh, okay. the movie, but they're not actually in it, except for one episode, which is fantastic. I think it's the finale. Fucking... So the finale's got Evan Rachel Wood, Tilda Swinton, uh, Clement Guy, and Taika Waititi from their roles in the uh, in the movie, too, the movie, repli- yeah. reprising that. And um, fucking Wesley Snipes. Oh, so it's wow. all the like legendary vampire characters in fiction and movies, and they even make a joke like, "Yeah, Brad and Tom wouldn't come because obviously they're in oh, an interview yeah. with a vampire." It's just like, it's just where's the Buffy reference? Paul Rubens from Buffy the Movie is in it playing his character from Buffy the Movie, and it's just like, ah! incredible. incredible. It could be better if it was Buffy the Show, like if David Boreanaz was just there, or if fucking Sarah Michelle Gellar showed up. No, and was no, like, this it's is all weird. Vampires. I know, but you could be like, "This is weird. Oh, that would have been this is uncomfortable." Yeah. Anyway, so it's so fucking funny. But Angel would be great. That would be so fun. It's so funny. It, and it stars, you know the guy from the IT crowd that who like ends up being the boss later, the kind of chubby guy? Yeah, yeah. He's like crazy. Mm-hmm. He's he's one of the main characters in it. Okay. What we do in the shadows. Two years shadows? behind, but hey, the new season's coming out April 26th. Didn't know it was a show. Yeah. So I remember the movie. That was years ago. Watched it. Didn't really think twice about it. It's yeah. funny, but it was a show. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That sounds fun. So watch that. Watch that. But what you all have been waiting for, it's time to pick next week's song. So oh yeah, we are putting Pink Maggot away forever, which hurts me deep in my soul. But I'm all right with that. I think we gave it a fair looking over. So we've got 102 songs left. Daniel, it's up to you to choose the next song. Pick it, pick it, pick a number random. And obviously whatever you pick is what we'll definitely do. Oh, sure, sure. Yes, yeah, that's right, definitely yeah. how it works. Mm-hmm. 56. Yeah, that's... That wasn't the right number at all. Oh, shit. In a different world where Daniel gets to do what he wants. Yes. We would pick yet another song from Saturday Night Wrist because this is actually a Saturday Night Wrist podcast only. Basically. God, it's been like uh, three of the last six have been of the last five. Have we gotten four songs now from Saturday Night Wrist? Yeah, Hole in the Earth, Mine, and Rats, Rats, Rats. And now... It well, would have been. would have been. And in another world, it would yeah. have been Rapture, which is the second track off the album. But okay. thank God we don't have to get yet another. Right. Because what it actually is, is song number 72. Okay. My other favorite Deftone oh. song. It's almost like it's contrived. Like it's, like, 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 but it's not. You're saying this, this is, is contrived. Random. Okay. No, no, this is oh, totally okay. random. It just works out because it happens to be my other favorite Deftone song. Okay. Off of 2010, Diamond Eyes. This song, Beauty Eyes. School. Beauty School. Be like Beauty School Dropout. Yes, but without the last part, just Beauty School. And probably darker and more mm. moody. Mm. But it's really nice, actually. Oh. Like, I just get in these modes where I'm like, I'm going to listen to that and repeat until they feel better. So that's fucking great. Yeah. Please join us next time to listen to Beauty School. Beauty School. Cannot wait. Until then, thank you so much for listening, Daniel. 
Uh, Anything to add? No, thank you so much. Pink Maggot, goodbye. Uh, beauty school. Hell yeah, let's go. Okay. Well, we'll see you next time. Stay safe out there. Stay home, stay safe. Stay home, stay safe. Stay home, stay safe. Bye. Bye. The day they blew out the brains of the king. Thousands were watching, no one saw a thing. It happened so quickly, so quick by surprise. Right there in front of everyone's eyes. Greatest magic trick ever under the sun. Perfectly executed, skillfully done. Wolfman, oh wolfman, oh wolfman, how? Rub-a-dub-dub, it's a murder most foul.